Hey, Peter. Hey, man. What do you hate about your own playing? Oh, well, it's interesting you say that. I have a list here. <laughs> How long <laughs> is the list of things you hate about your own playing? Well, I felt like I had a pretty good self-image, but after making this list, I'm feeling pretty down. All right, so, well, we're going to try to build you back up. Please. And then we might cut you down again. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> okay, good. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Music advice coming at you. Coming at you today, brought to you by Open the Studio. Go to openstudiojazz.com for a deeper dive on all of this. Peter, what's going on, man? Uh, not much. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, me too. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I don't know how good I'm going to be doing after we do this episode, because it's <laughs> called Things We Hate About Our Own Playing. But right. We'll, but we'll, we're not going to use the word hate. Hopefully, this will be the last time we use the word hate. Yeah, let's not let's not get like... Of course, it'll probably be capitalized in the title It as will well. be. It'll be super clickbaity, <laughs> but let's, let's, keep it, let's keep it somewhat positive as we're, yeah. as we're going through this. How about... Things that we're growing with. Yay! Yeah. There we go. Areas of growth. Areas of growth. Yeah. Growth elements. No, the elements idea, of growth. I think the idea behind this was that, you know, you and I, we've been doing this a long time. Yeah. We've, we've had some... Uh, pretty incredible experiences playing. And by this, we're not even talking about the podcast, but we've been doing this oh, for a long time too. For way too long. But we've been playing piano for yeah. our whole lives. How old were you when you started? I got my first little air organ when I was five and really took to it. And Air was, organ. That dude is bougie AF. Air <laughs> organ, not air organ. Uh, oh, air organ. <laughs> I got a, you know, you know one of those little things that's got little cords on the side? Yeah. Cord yeah. buttons and then, uh, and then you, I mean, you plugged it into the wall and you made sound with, uh, you turn it on and go, Right. Man, your parents were so smart to get you something that was cool. It was my Aunt Barbara got it for me, Aunt actually. Barbara. Yeah. God bless you, Aunt Barbara. I know. And but I was thinking about this a few a few weeks ago that, you know, had these chords, major, minor, and dominant chords on the side, and yep. then you could play single notes on a keyboard here. I was like, that's pretty much still what I do. <laughs> like <laughs> just these major, minor, dominant chords over here, and then my single note. But you had to learn line. to press more than one button to make I the did. chords. That's oh yeah, the you magic. could you could add like do triads together. And ah, make like upper poly chords. Yeah, right. you could. it was fun. Right. So, but then I started, I didn't start classical lessons until I was 10, which is a little late, you know. Oh, so yeah. How about you? When did you start? Um, I mean, I, I think I started when I was three, although there's some, my mom and dad, I mean, yeah. I was playing, you know, you know what it was? I had, a, I have an older sister, big shout out to Nancy, Yeah. Um, Nancy Martin, and she was playing piano yeah. and like taking lessons from a friend. It's funny because both my parents play piano, my dad especially, is a really good pianist uh, to this day. And so I heard it a lot. And, yeah. and it was like, it was the internet of our house. That, that older piano. sibling, man. So can I just <laughs> yeah. say, I just have watched in the last couple of weeks, I rewatched The Last Dance, the, the the documentary about the 90s Bulls with Michael Jordan. Oh, I thought it was about of, the disco era. It's, it's, that's a different one. Uh, it's called The Last Sniff. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> no, it was the song Last Dance. I know. Too. No, I, I got a sniff. I, mine Studio was a 54. cocaine reference. But okay. uh, no, then I watched this Arnold documentary on Netflix. Arnold. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Big shout out to... Uh, what is the town he's from in Austria? Oh, I forget. The, ironically, he couldn't wait to get out of that town. It looks like a place every American would want to retire to. Oh, I know. To. It's, it's yeah. like Sound of it's Music. Like so beautiful. Yeah, but he went, but he's like, I had to go to the big city, Graz. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> Not a, even Vienna. I know. But anyway, no, you just mentioned your older sister, Nancy. Yeah. And how she was playing piano both of both michael jordan and arnold schwarzenegger they had older brothers who right. they were incredibly competitive with yes. and that's probably what made them so great so young right it's because they're competing with someone who's a year and a half older than them always and they're right. trying to live up to that yeah yeah no it's an important thing and i think arnold and jordan were both 
close in age because that makes it even more competitive, right? Weren't the older Yeah, like a, a year and a half or something. Yeah, that's close. Yeah. I mean, Winton and Branford Marsalis. I know. Just put friends of the pod, but For, yeah. just putting that, I mean, they're real close, like a year and a, like yeah. within a year and a half. I think it makes a difference. I think so too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I and actually for me it wasn't. I don't think as much of a competitive thing because my sister's three years older and she ended up playing violin too, and then trumpet kind of became her main instrument. But just I connected with the instrument and like I looked up to her for sure. But I like the sound. I kind of you see how it's done. Yeah. And really that piano and it's just still at my parents' uh, house. This Yamaha upright was like the internet of our house. You know, it was the most exciting thing with buttons on it at That's the time. That's so cool. Because we had like a black and white TV with like, you yeah. know, mid, early mid-70s crap living in Florida yeah, or yeah. whatever. Hee-haw. Oh my God, that was the most exciting thing that would come on Remember television. Remember hee-haw. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so we thought today we would just talk about what are the things Is that Is this an example of you trying to get us back on track? A little bit. What are we... <laughs> Today we're talking about things. Oh, by the way, leave us in the comments. We've been having, should we tell them about our little back and forth about this? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> see, I got I you see off track. He's going down another path, folks. <laughs> That's right. Um, leave us in the, in the comments. So see if you can figure out which of us wants to guide the pod more towards the tactical things that we say we're going to deliver on in the title. I mean, is anybody going to say Peter in this instance? Come on. <laughs> it could be occasionally. And big, which of us, big squirrel energy over <laughs> which, here. Which, just, which of us says, you know what? People are going to love us no matter what we talk about. I, listen, <laughs> I am confident that the banter is solid, Peter, but uh, there's, there is some things that we just, we promised we would get to. That's true. And I don't want to l- let down our gorgeous intelligent listeners that are so crucial to this. And now that I'm looking at the clock, I, li- I actually have a flight to catch in three I was going to say, you're the one who's like, we got to be out of here right at 11.30. Okay, so let's do this. All right. So, so what are we talking about? Well, we thought we would just go through some things that <laughs> yeah. even after all these decades, you know, I started when I was five, you started when you were three. Uh, we still are, you know, we say we hate, but we're, it's just areas of growth. And, yeah. and by the way, most of the things on my list are things I've been working on since I've been an adult. Like, yeah. I definitely yeah, have my strengths too. that I don't, that I still work towards, but they're sort of natural. I, I think every player is like this. Yeah. You have your thing that you just somehow get yeah. more than maybe someone else does, and you can just kind of run with that and yeah. really enjoy that. But and sometimes then, maybe we take that for granted. Like a that's little a bit. part of it. Yeah. That you can lead cocky to that. With that. Yeah. You got you to be brought down. Whatever to comes easy is, 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 is easier to let go of sometimes. But too. honestly, there's the things that for me that I, the number one thing that I, keep working on and this is there's a, there's two categories here we'll talk about the head game and we'll talk about nuts and bolts technique stuff yeah so for me uh the number one nuts and bolts technique stuff out of the gate is my cross under on my going up a scale mm. so you can actually hear it in my c major scale still and i've put in God knows how many hours on this. But now, like, folks on the pod, the audio pod, let me describe. Adam has a look of forlorn disappointment. Well, because now, now I'm nervous <laughs> about playing my C major scales in front of our audience. But uh, it is my cross under on my thumb. I mean, I remember I had a lesson when I was a kid, when I was like 20 with Ted Rosenthal, great pianist. Yeah. And that's the first Shout thing. Shout out, Ted. Uh, you know, I'm playing all this stuff. I'm trying to be as soulful as I can and play my monk language because he's like a monk expert. And the first thing he goes is play a B major scale. <laughs> and he's like, your cross under sucks. <laughs> and like, Man, what a was, great teacher. To it's a really to, good. To focus, I mean, yeah. to identify that. But that is something that for me, when I can get that rolling and, and the more time I spend working on it, and I, and I have to be regular with my work on that specific things for arpeggios as well. It's the same thing of really 
slow practice mm. with my cross-unders. It's just a technical thing that when I have that on point and dialed in, it makes everything so much easier. So that's my first like real nuts and bolts thing. Okay, so I'll go with the nuts and bolts one for my first two then. <clears throat> and that is that I rush. I'm a rusher. Um, you're you're on. You could be on the front foot. Yeah, I'm on the front yeah, yeah. foot. Foot and um, but a lot of great players are on the front foot. Have you noticed that? Yeah, but a lot of great players, you know, get control of it too. I mean, I know there's the whole thing of like better to rush than to drag. You know? Yeah, for sure. Better to be early than to be late. Um, but it's something that like I've heard in my playing. You know, I did a fair amount. I don't know who. It might have been my dad, but I think it was somebody else. Really, you know, how, like you get advice like. Great advice has to happen at the right time. There's some people that have a talent for it always being the right time. They're kind of just lifelong learners. They're open. They're they're able to take advantage and filter, you know, great information. Um, but most of us kind of are not always open to something. So I was probably told this at different times. But for whatever reason, I got it at the right time to rec that recording yourself when you're practicing is a really important element to it practice. It really is important. You know, so whenever I did get that, I did it was relatively early, so I always kind of was able to cuz things like rushing, yeah. um playing ahead of the beat, which actually are two different things. Yep. But um they're like, very hard to identify in real time. Yeah. You know it, what I mean? Well, cuz or else you wouldn't be doing it. Right, right. You ever catch yourself doing it though and you're like, "Come on." Like yeah, I yeah. do that on gigs well, sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the thing is for me like because I've always had this really you know, one of the talents I have had is to be able to sort of turn off the practice mode and be like, I'm just going to play. Like a confidence to just, not that I've got all my stuff together, but that it's going to be good enough for this time and that, that it's an important element of being in the moment and performing at the highest level mm -hmm. is to really go into performance mode. So the problem with that is I don't, in real time hear things like rush. I do when I practice. I definitely do when I hear myself recorded and stuff. Interesting. But I have trouble really regulating that. And I think that that's kind of held me back a little bit. Yeah. Um, I do think it's within the margin of error. I hate to even, you know, use that kind of a thing. But it's, yeah, it's something that I do work. I mean, actually, I keep it in the margin of error by practicing it and paying attention to it. Not when I'm performing necessarily, but doing things, which is really practicing with the metronome at this point for yeah. me. That's about being able to hear you know, and not necessarily practicing jazz stuff, just scales, just, you know, I'm just putting on, what was the hand independent stuff I was doing last it week? It doesn't matter really what you're doing. As long yeah. as you're, you're lining it up with the metronome and then, and then like trying to regulate that to the metronome, that's really all metronome practice could that, be good for. And that's, metronome don't lie. That's really what you need it for. Right. You know, don't, don't, don't sleep on that. That doesn't mean you have to always have it, but it's really good to check that for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, another one of my nuts and bolts thing is... I want to put sound production and, and dynamics as something. Mm. And actually, I think about you a lot. I was just playing a string of gigs here, uh, like at Jazz St. Louis over the weekend, a really great show called yeah. Billy and Ella Revisited with uh, Erica Johnson and Anita Jackson singing. And we had a great time. Kayla's playing drums. Sounds yeah, great. is that is that live stream still up? We're, It'll we're, be up, yeah. Check it out on YouTube on the Jazz St. Louis Let's put a link, YouTube. Caleb, to that, because I would love for it was a good our show. listeners to hear you guys. Because I watched the stream on Saturday. It's really good. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, so, but, you know, when I'm playing ballads... Uh, if I listen to a recording of myself from when I was in my 20s, mm -hmm. like the hardest thing for me to hear isn't, you know, soloing or, or ideas. That's fine. But like my dynamics was so out of whack to to what I consider good dynamics. And it feels like something that a lot of people get, the older you get, you realize the importance mm. of of sound and dynamics yeah. and how powerful it could yes. be. So when I hear you, and this is going to be so hard on this keyboard with this sound, but like when I hear you do a ballad, and I hear you do your 
bell tones. They're mm-hmm. so quiet. Mm. And I think 22-year-old me would be like, well, how is anybody ever going to hear that? And 44-year-old me is like, that is just where it needs to be within the mix of everything. It's like such a great choice. That and then like being around people, especially the courses we've made with Fred Hirsch mm. and being around Fred and hearing... Does Fred like dynamics? <laughs> does he ever? But hearing the power of controlled dynamics within your hands Oof. and the swing and the the expression you can get from that yeah. is more impactful to any power and, and chops or like, uh, you know, fast eighth note lines to right. me. At this point in my life, it's like way harder, by the way, to do. And it's it's so much more rewarding. There's so much you can get out of it. So it's been something that I'm always working on. Yeah, well, that's great. Well, it's interesting because I had um, on my list for my deficiencies is not using dynamics enough. You're kidding? <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. I consider you a dynamic pianist. Well, for sure. it's interesting. So maybe this goes. I'll combine this with another one, which is just sort of a lack of progress overall since my early 20s. That I I, I actually see as sort of my primary. I wouldn't say deficiency, just sort of a point of frustration for me a little bit, a point of disappointment, let's say. I'm a little, like, and that's like, I, I think especially recently because there's stuff that surfaces that I haven't heard in years. People will send me like, oh, have you seen this YouTube? And I, I'm like, or it'll just come up in the algorithm. Mostly people sent, send and recent postings of like when I was playing with Betty Carter, which I had never seen that's any That's so videos. good. That sounds so good. And, you know, stuff with Roy Hargrove. It's so great that we've got, like, was, I was just at the edge of, like, you know, videos being made at these, I mean, not, of course, there was videos made in movies yeah. many years before I was along. But, I mean, the stuff is there. So I'm seeing that. And I get a little bit forlorn, I think, and, and just a little disappointed in that. I'm like, wow, I did sound good then. And I don't really sound that different now in some ways. Like, and, I wonder and if I, you are not the best judge of that, though. Well, uh, hopefully not. Because yeah. I feel like, of course, we're going to be our own worst critic in terms of progress. And I, 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 the main thing is I don't listen to myself a lot. I never have. I think most people don't. I mean, it's painful for it is, me. It's hard. It's not as hard as it used to be. Yeah. Um, so I know I've progressed, but there's not a lot of things that I've done that I can put on for enjoyment the same way I would um, your recordings or a lot of different things that I like. So I think personal progression, especially once you get to a certain age, it does... Like the the large brushstrokes of it slow down quite a bit. They naturally you're finding success in a sound. You're finding your own voice. But yeah. and I wouldn't usually make a comparison game, but because this is I meant to lift you up a little bit and reassure you that what's that you are progressing and that it's perfect like perfectly natural is like think about some great players that made it a long way down the road. Our own Ron Carter, mm. Sonny Rollins, uh Ama Jamal, people who recorded well into their 70s. Yeah. And they still sounded like Ama Jamal and Sonny yeah. Rollins and Ron Carter, who's in his 80s and still sounds like Ron Carter right. that we knew from Miles Davis's bands in the 60s. But there has been growth. It's yeah. just your signature stays with you. Your fingerprint stays with you your whole life. The growth isn't as obvious as when you hear from the time you're 12 to the time you're 20. Right. Right. That's That's like the rocket ship growth that everybody gets when they're young right? as you're learning the language. But uh, to me, I hear growth when I, you know, obviously one of the most famous recordings people know you for, Peter, is the Joshua Redman Spirit of the Moment Live at the Village Vanguard. When I hear that... Mm, there was some rushing I hear on, a, on that. I hear a way more... I mean, I hear lots of young brilliance, but you're way more of an immature artist than you are at this mm. point. You know what I mean? It's, it's a lot of that young bravado that we yeah. love so much in young players, but that's not what, you know, people listen for uh, 
throughout their whole lives or, yeah. or just one thing, you know. That's, so this one gear that you had when you were super young, and now there's, I feel like you have six more gears that you employ oh. than from them. Good, I'm feeling better. Yeah, I'm, you should. I, my posture's getting better. Well, this one might be a good time to segue. You know what might be good since we've, you know, bashed ourselves enough now? Okay. <laughs> uh, maybe we could just go through a few things since you've already kind of started doing that anyway. I could pick up on this that we really oh a little positive information about each other <laughs> okay, because like, yeah. like no like you hit on a good point in that it is so hard for it us might be something you might be interested yes 100 in. <laughs> percent. yeah yeah adam is glowing you guys um but but in the same way that we probably are not we definitely are not the best judge of our deficiencies well we are the best judges in a way because we know those deep dark secrets about ourselves and our playing and even things oh, like yeah all of us are imposters here right yeah, yeah exactly yeah, so don't deserve to be here but in terms of like the relative importance and visibility of these things in our playing we're a horrible judge of that like you mentioned about your you know the cross under and you just got so like defeated about that and like i've never noticed that you're kidding no i mean i would have said something a little on, hitch man, you, did, you don't hear the little hitch no it's like I, somebody's got some food on their face i'm not the i'm gonna tell you honestly <laughs> that little cross under hitch is the loudest thing in my playing to me like that's all i hear i mean and i consider myself you know a fairly observant yeah, teacher yeah, yeah you, know? you are yeah yeah but no i mean so if i really thought about it maybe but i mean you know how big that is is going to seem massive to you well sometimes i comfort myself with a little hitch and, I, and i'll just say this with other people so they don't freak out like oh what if i have a little hitch or whatever sometimes i hear a hitch and other people's playing yeah and I, i'm like oh that's such a great sound what personality well i know it's like it's like their little sound it's like right. their little because it, it's not yeah. part of my thing exactly yeah it's interesting plus i don't sit there listen well i do hear you playing scales because we're doing teaching and stuff yeah, together yeah. but i mean that's not the kind of thing that I, I think is even noticeable in your playing even when you go to a scalar kind of situation yeah um but i will say so something i really admire about you and your progress um, is your ability kind of what we were just talking about like my fear of like not on my best days behind me but am I really progressing like I did in during that time and you're right look when from that age 10 to 18 or 12 to 16 or 15 to 20 I mean it's different for everybody but there's that special time when like light bulbs are going off every day you're practicing you've got a passion you generally don't have to pay rent or take care of kids you know there's a lot of things good happening in your life yeah um, potentially for a lot of development, but I think that you have such a great, I've seen, you have such a great ability to, and capacity to grow as a pianist, as an artist, as a jazz musician, as a teacher, um, not later in life, but in kind of, big, you know, middle life at a time when most play, people are at best staying the same. So like, I think that's, this speaks as much to anything as your mindset of being not only a lifelong learner, but in a believer that anything's possible. Oh, thanks, man. You know what I mean? And so, uh, like, I mean, I've seen this. Like, you probably progressed in a more linear fashion than almost anybody that I've seen within this music. And that even I thought, just because, you know, it's like it's hard to believe something, even if you theoretically believe it, until you see somebody do it, especially something that's, like, artistic. I mean, in the artistic world, because so much of this stuff is a combination of things that have been done and things that we just manifest. Right. And it's a weird combination. I think that 
everybody potentially on this planet could understand when you put on your artistic hat, whether you're an artist or not. I think everybody's an artist is, is really my belief, but I think that we stamp that out of people by saying, you're into math, you're into art. You're yeah. into, no, we can all be into them. We have our different talents. We have the things that we need to develop. But I think that like this ability within jazz, it becomes, it's really a fable or a myth or something that you have to hit a certain level by a certain age. Oh, we, you know? we see it all the time here at Open Studio. Absolutely. We have so many students that are growing yeah. you know, 40 plus. Yeah. You know, and so that's actually, to tell you the truth, in seeing you be able to progress the way that you have is both frustrating and inspiring to me. <laughs> frustrating in that sometimes I listen back and I'm like, wow, okay, give me some of that growth. But it's also inspiring. And I think it has led to some really growth you know, some real growth for myself to say that like at any time that we get passionate, that's what it is. It's like to have the passion for that kind of a growth um, can really come in handy. So, yeah, I'll say for you, I mean, there's so many, obviously most of our listeners are, are huge fans of your playing Peter. So I'm sure most people's first thing when they, when they think of you is just the incredibly pronounced and dynamic eighth note, right hand line you have. I mean, talk about no hitch. It's just up and down effortlessly and seemingly powerfully, but I know that you're not banging super hard just from the tone production that you get. Big it's, shout out to the three strings I broke in Nashville. Sorry about that last weekend on that Stein Did you wave. really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, he's got heavy hands. Uh, but that's <laughs> actually not, that That was, I'm sure, what everybody, you know, first thinks about with your sound. But I would say having done, having been fortunate enough to play so many duo situations with you, where it's just us, from this podcast, even some performances we've done, uh, I will say about Peter, you're one of the, the most, if not the most present musician on stage to play with, giving, listening, like hanging out with Peter is the same as playing with Peter. So like he just wants to have a good time and have a conversation and it's a party, right? And it's not, you're not trying to take over the stage, even though you totally could, you're not, you know, you're not trying to like uh, teach teach anybody a lesson or overplay. You really want to have the back and forth, just like we do here in this conversation. Mm. And not everybody's like that. And it's really a joy to play in in on on the same stage with you because you are uh, present and attentive and wanting to play and have a conversation with the other players. It's really it's really cool. Thank you, thank yeah. you so much for that. Um, okay, I'm going to throw in just one more for you, and then you're no, not allowed to do anymore. No, let's stop there. That's no, no, good. no, no. No, we got it. We no, got I want to really. That's it. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> no, if okay. you have to, I guess. So, okay, something that I think that I really recognize and admire that comes out in your playing, actually similar to what you were just saying, but in terms of like your technique at the piano, but also your technique as a composer, as an arranger, like a real holistic understanding and technical ability within music that goes well beyond jazz. Um, you have, you've uh, attuned these different skills so well to represent your personality and your music, whether it's composing, arranging, improvising, playing something that's very simple, playing something that's just like traditional burn and bebop or whatever, like your personality comes out. And luckily you've got a great personality. See, oh. so for some people it'd be like, no, how do you suppress your personality? But- Caleb, I, are we recording this one? <laughs> Is this one? Okay, no, come on, man. <laughs> Caleb's over there puking in the corner <laughs> as we amazing. compliment each other. No, but I mean, that's the ultimate level that we're all 
trying to get to. Like, I think that's the purpose of working on technique, of learning how to arrange. Of, of course, yeah, we're trying to get gigs and yeah. make money and impress girls or what. I mean, there's all these different reasons to play music, but it's like ultimately is to tell a story and that's coming from you as a person. Um, so I feel the same way about you, honestly. It's, it's, no, no, it's no, we're supposed mutual. to end after, no, but I, I, no, no, I got no, no. a put mutual. hat on a hat. <laughs> no, thank you. That really, if coming from you, that means a lot, buddy. It's, it's super fun to, uh, I love that we should do this every, <laughs> at the end of every episode, we just have a Nobody's love listening still. Everyone's know, throwing up. Yeah. And I just want, <laughs> I want to give a quick shout out <laughs> to, um, Adam, who's one of the, the, the founder and owner of Rudy's Jazz in Nashville, because I did break those strings. Not me. Not no, me, different Adam. Adam different, different Adam. Adam. Yeah, yeah. And Adam, it was my first time meeting him. He actually fixed on the break the string. You're sh- no, first of all, I've never had met a jazz club owner that could tune and service a piano. By the way, if you're in Nashville, Rudy's is killing. Rudy's is killing. Right. Yeah. You've been there, yeah. and this was my first time. But what's so cool about that is he was saying he learned to do this because he's like, well, after running a jazz club, I saw how hard it is to get the tuners to come back, and it's yeah. needed. It's so expensive. So he's like, I figured. So he just learned it because it was important. So I was very impressed with That's that. That's a good club owner. Yeah. Yeah. There. All right. Well, this was super fun. Yeah. More positive than negative. Man, my self-esteem is like... I know. <laughs> let's go get some ice cream. Yeah, let's do it. Till next time. You'll hear it. Uh.